right, welcome to this week's, month's episode of The Weekly. Um, uh, really glad to be back on here. Uh, I'm joined today by Aaron Markham. Aaron, how are you, sir? I'm good. It's a, it's a dreary day. It is uh, a dreary day. It feels like a mouth outside. Yeah, it's, yes. Hot, humid, raining. Sticky. It's yeah. a It's a wonderful April day on November 11th. Yes. Uh, or whatever today is. Um, yeah, so we are, we, we're here to talk about the Wisdom Pyramid today. Uh, so this past Sunday, um, as we walked through Jude, I referenced this Wisdom Pyramid as a way that we can uh, develop wisdom in order to discern false teaching and false teachers from those who, who teach rightly, um, those who are trustworthy. Uh, wisdom is a really important piece of our walk as believers, and we wanted to just take a couple of moments to talk through the Wisdom Pyramid. Um in a little bit more depth than we could on, on Sunday. So, uh, Aaron, um, before we jump into this, let, let me ask you this. I want you to weigh in on this controversy. When is it appropriate to begin listening to Christmas music? <laughs> this is a this is a good question. Um, last year, I would have said probably like December 1st is a good day. Okay. Um, I've got to be honest. I'm, I'm becoming, I don't know if my first kid or what has happened. I'm becoming less cynical and becoming more... I just want more joy and more mm. pleasing things in my life. Mm. And Christmas music just, and it's cold. It was, it was, I started, I listened to some Christmas music last week, maybe the week before I figured out 98.9 was doing Christmas oh, yeah. music, I think starting maybe November one or something like that. So I started listening and I was like, man, this is just joyful. This is just fun. Um, I'm, I like listening to this. Mm. Um, it's making me think of Christmas and the fun that's upcoming. And then also, um, just the, the sweetness of the season, the, the coldness and um, family, and then obviously what we get to celebrate ultimately with Christ. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I've, I've backed it up this year. You're getting um, soft in your old age. I'm getting <laughs> soft in my old age. Uh, that's, that's exactly right. So I was, I was riding with Bryce uh, the other day, and I was, I was telling him that usually I would not listen to Christmas music this early, but I was just like, this is just good. This is just making me happy. Mm. So why would I listen to it that? now? Is she, is she a Christmas Oh, movie? she yes. Oh, she yeah? is on board already. We've already watched, I think, two Christmas movies. Um, Man. We're a big fan of the Christmas Man. Christmas movies. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm a bit more of a you know post-Thanksgiving kind of guy. But mm. we'll, we'll save that for another podcast. Okay. All right, so the Wisdom Pyramid. So if you can envision this, the pyramid is broken up into... Six different sections. So at the very bottom, you have the Bible as the foundation, the largest portion of the pyramid. Up from that, you have church. Up from that, you have nature and beauty. Up from that, you have books. Then up from that, you have internet. And then up from that, you have the Twitter symbol, social media. Um, this almost looks like the 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 food you know pyramid that yeah. you grew up with in like yeah, yeah. middle school and was telling you to eat. You know, the bottom one was one you're supposed to eat the most of, and then the next one up, you know, fruits, vegetables, your however many servings, all the way to the top. With the dessert. Yeah, and he actually, uh, McCracken, Brett McCracken actually makes that point. So the, the Wisdom Pyramid comes from a guy named Brett McCracken. Uh, he writes for the um, Gospel Coalition, which is where I initially saw this. But in his blog, he says this, In our current epistemological crisis, epistemological is another way of talking about knowing in the process of knowing, uh, in our current uh, knowledge crisis, uh, where we are bombarded by a glut of content and information but have so little wisdom, I think we need guidance on, a, on healthier habits of knowledge intake. So he directly references that food, food pyramid from back in the day. 
Uh, I think we need guidance on healthier habits of knowledge intake. We need a wisdom pyramid. We need to think about what sorts of knowledge groups and in what proportion feed a healthy life of true wisdom and true joy. And so he proposes the wisdom pyramid, the Bible, church, nature and beauty, books, internet, and social media. Hmm. Now, what do you think is helpful about this? Hmm. I think there is a lot that, that is helpful just in, in, getting on in a, in a graphic, I know, I know, especially you, you're, you're a visual guy. Um, so if we can kind of, kind of lay out what, what is the basis of our, um, how, how we develop wisdom, uh, Casey and I've been reading in the Proverbs, uh, recently, and it feels like, uh, Proverbs one through, I think like nine, one through 10, pretty much all it is, except for a, a little bit of a side in chapters five through seven is just get wisdom, get insight, get understanding, learn wisdom is personified it's even like wisdom is speaking so clearly we're supposed to get wisdom but then case and i've kind of been hit with but there's no actual like really practicals of like how do we actually get the wisdom it just says get me find me learn about me ingest me um and then that you know i know more is going to come um as as casey now continues to other proverbs but i think this is really helpful in that you know we we do want wisdom wisdom is uh, hugely important throughout the scriptures, hugely important throughout the Proverbs. And so if we can know how to develop wisdom, how to get wisdom, get understanding, get insight, that can only help us um, as we live the Christian life. So um, I know we're going to kind of talk through uh, the different portions, but but just the baseline of the Bible being our, di- our daily bread, um, that really being the base of our pyramid, the base of how we get understanding, how we get wisdom, um, is somewhat counter to today. That's not going to be the the primary place. Many many people are going to go, um, but we're going to argue it's God's word. We're going to argue, um, you know, that it's it's breathed out by God, inspired by God, um, profitable for many things, and really the baseline of our wisdom. So, yeah, the graphic I think is is super helpful. You know, one thing that I thought about um, this morning actually, as I was thinking about the wisdom pyramid, is I thought about James. Um, chapter 1 verse 5 he says if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him so it's almost like a pre-step before we go about the process of pursuing wisdom through these different avenues is to pray for wisdom mm. is to ask God give me wisdom it says that God is eager to give it to us he, he gives generously to all without reproach um, so uh, so let, let's pray for wisdom. Yeah, even even prior, you know, to our pursuit and beginning this process, let's ask the Lord to give us wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, biblically, wisdom is understood to be this. Um, it's almost like a it's almost like an organ that we develop that helps us to navigate kind of the the grays and the complexities of life. Mm-hmm things that aren't always entirely clear. Um, one of the things that I love about the wisdom literature is it, it, it is very much devoted to um, just understanding how the world works and how to like, how to navigate life, how to navigate the world uh, to do so in a way that's, that's masterful um, and God honoring. So um, in, in these days, 2020 for crying out loud, goodness gracious has, has definitely required wisdom to know mm-hmm. how to navigate all of the different complexities and difficulties that are, um, that our, that our year has introduced. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, this, this wisdom pyramid begins with the Bible as our baseline for wisdom, uh, our daily bread, it says in the graphic. Mm. Uh, we're to, we are to devote ourselves to the scriptures. Mm. Um, Aaron, I know you're going to be teaching on this next week, and mm. this is something that we've uh, in, intended to reiterate over and over again as a church, but 
uh, you can't overstate the importance of daily Bible reading. Mm. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. We, uh, we're filling ourselves with something. Yeah. Um, something is vying for our attention. Um, even, even something you shared uh, a number of weeks back is, you know, really anything that we're doing is, is calling us to come and die and is making, you know, is requesting our lives from us, from the internet, social media, jobs, mm. uh, family, um, and we get to essentially prior, you know, decide where our priorities are going to be, and so the the daily intake of of the scripture is is God being able to speak into our lives, as opposed to, um, in many ways, uh, many people around the world are driven by what Jude speaks against. Most people are driven by what are what are you naturally inclined hmm. to think? What are your natural instincts? Do those. Or, you know, do those within restraint as long as they, you know, kind of don't hurt other people. But we are wicked. The heart is, um, you know, deceitful beyond all understanding. And so we need the Bible to just shape our lives, shape our thoughts, shape our hearts day by day by day by day. And it's going to be uh, the picture of our daily bread is, is beautiful because, um, you know, this morning or tomorrow, if I don't if I don't read the Bible, you know, it'll it'll be okay. I'll get through the day. But if I don't read the Bible tomorrow morning, or you know, just tomorrow at all, and then the next day, hmm. and then the next hmm. day, and we keep going, and it's been two months, and it's been one year, just like if you don't eat bread for a bit of time, or bread being a picture for really any food, I may not remember precisely what I ate for lunch, you know, two Tuesdays ago, but I know if I don't eat lunch two Tuesdays ago, and then I don't eat dinner two Tuesdays ago, and then I don't eat breakfast, you know, two Wednesdays ago, and so on and so forth, I'm going to, th- that is going to become very evident in my life. Same with the become Bible. Become malnour- malnourished. Malnourished, exactly. And so we need the, we need the Bible to nourish our, our hearts, our souls, our minds, um, and then push us into practicing what it looks like to live for Christ. Yeah, I mean, you are going to be formed into something. Yes, you you are becoming something. Uh, we we are malleable creatures. Mm. We're, we're disciples. We're worshipers. Fundamentally, we're, we're being formed, shaped, moved in some direction. Uh, and the question for believers is: um, Is it towards Christ, and is it is it through His means of 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 uh, formation through Bible reading? Mm. Uh, that were being shaped. Yeah, and one one article that I was reading, um, even in some of my my research for preaching next week, is just talking about you know kind of the baseline question of like we spend two hours on social media a day, we spend five ten minutes in our Bible each day. What are we expecting to come away believing, thinking, mm. knowing, mm. loving, loving? Yeah. yeah. How how are you expecting to live yeah. after you practice that? Day, 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 month, 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 year, year, year. Yeah, um, you're going to be shaped into into something. So what what are what are we going to put our times to- time yeah. towards? Yeah, for better or for worse, we become like what we behold. Mm. Um, G.K. Beale is a he's a, a biblical scholar and he, he's got a whole book uh, devoted to that topic and kind of a, a biblical theology of worship and that's what he boils mm. it down to is we become like what we behold what we devote our attention to I think that's hugely important um, and the and the Bible is not just there to um, to reinforce our our natural instincts or our natural inclinations yeah. it's you know it's Hebrews uh, chapter four 
Verse 12, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I feel very sure that all of us are believing something incorrectly about who God is, something incorrectly about um, how we are supposed to view the world as Christians. Um, you know, my Bible is 1,340 pages. Um, there's a lot of wisdom there that I just need to ingest day after day after day after day and let it shape my thinking uh, rather than um, just let my thinking shape my entire life, my natural you know, thinking uh, without, without the wisdom from the scripture. Yeah, that's really good. Now, up from the Bible, it has local church and then church tradition. I, th- I think that's kind of, it's helpful to acknowledge both. And here he says that um, in referring to the local church, he's talking about both the embodied rhythms and, uh, and practices of worship, um, the actual relationships that we have with people in close physical proximity, our actual local church, um, learning from one another, but also the, um, the long-standing tradition of the church, time-tested theology, wise people in Christian history, um, continuity. Uh, so both the local church, our specific situation, and the church um, across ages and across history is a place where we can go to develop wisdom. Um, what do you think? What do you think about that? Yeah, and that, that those were those are both super interesting to think of, especially for us as a church where we do um, aim to do our best to see where we are rooted in history that mm. we in as 2020 in 2020 as the church at Greer station we are not uh, reinventing the wheel of what it looks like to live for Christ yeah. or um, we're, we're trying to honor the the saints who have gone before us and obviously church history church tradition is tainted with with plenty of sin plenty of shortcoming plenty of sure problems yeah but there's also a lot of good uh, in terms of the endurance of the the faith, um, the perseverance of the saints, and so we have a lot of wise people that we can we can learn from throughout uh, church history, and then also just thinking about the local church, the the local believers that you are around who are um, living in your your neighborhood, living in your city, uh, wrestling through a lot of the the same things that you're thinking through for you know your local government or your local. Um, just just what's going on in, in the neighborhood, and then also the, the people you're beside worshiping each and every week, um, to let them shape your thinking um, more than the, the world at large, I think is, is super important. And for some reason, God has, has orchestrated the church to have um, elders, you know, overseers, to have the body, hmm. to have each part of the body playing their part, and thus we get to partake from each part of that, that body. And there's a, a kind of mutual sharpening and mutual uh, giving over of wisdom to one another. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think about Jude uh, when, when Jude says that we've been handed the faith uh, once for all. Mm-hmm. Um, that we've been passed the baton. We've been we've inherited Christianity and the Christian faith, and it's, and it's our turn to be able to, to, to live that out. And so we want to we want to recognize the wisdom of the saints that have preceded us. I mean, we're not the Everything feels new and everything feels unprecedented, mm-hmm. but we are not the first Christians mm-hmm. to deal with these things. Yes. There's nothing new under the sun. Right? Yes. Like Christians have, 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 have thought about uh, a lot of these things for a very long time, and there's tons of wisdom to be mined from the saints that preceded us. Mm. Uh, the, the next level up is uh, he goes up to nature and beauty, and there he talks about general revelation, that is to say, God speaking uh, truths about himself and about his world through his world. 
um, and nature and beauty, and then enjoying natural and created beauty. Um, he says here, observation and attentiveness, just developing a, um, just an eye for what's good and beautiful mm. uh, in God's world. Um, now, one of the things that I think is really interesting about this is he, he talks about nature as a way to develop wisdom. But just a couple of moments ago, you talked about um, our own natural instincts as mm-hmm. something that need to be denied. Mm-hmm. How would we go about reconciling that? Mm. Like there's a, there's, you know, Jude is very clear, like following your natural desires is going to end in bad places. Mm. Um, but then there's also uh, this longstanding tradition for, for Christians to recognize, you know, that God speaks through nature and even the scripture itself says that God speaks through nature. How do we, how do we reconcile those two, those two things? Mm. That's really good. I'm thinking, uh, I was thinking about uh, verse Romans 1, uh, verse 20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. So God, God's uh, nature, God's character, God's um, even um, his creative uh, beauty that really he, he, he has comes alive uh, in in nature but I think maybe where we where we have to be sure is that any any conclusions that we come from uh, from nature from beauty from art um, from those types of things that they are not they are rooted still in scripture they're not contradicted in scripture they're they kind of come to life they almost bring um, you know we like to use again graphics are helpful pictures are helpful illustrations are helpful almost nature and beauty can be uh, an illustration of so much of what we learn about who God is um, in the scriptures. Yeah, and so, yeah, you almost kind of run it back down the pyramid. Like, you run it through the grid of, you know, how has the church thought about this? Then mm-hmm. you run it through the grid of, what does the Bible say about this, mm-hmm. ultimately? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, na- nature is, I, I mean, you see this in the Proverbs a lot, like, um, consider the ant, O sluggard, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's there's a sense in which the, the author of Proverbs recognizes that the world says something true about... Um, uh, that the way the world works yeah. and that there's lessons to be gleaned from that. I, I think also about uh, issues of gender roles. Mm. Uh, this is very contentious, obviously, but I, I think I think nature tells us something about what God intended for men and for women. Like mm. the fact that men are physically stronger mm. and have broader shoulders, um, uh, I mean, that says something about God's design for masculinity. Mm. And, um, uh, you know, the same goes for women. The fact that women are, are built, you know, with the ability to bear children says mm. something about God's design for femininity. Mm. Um, and I think we should be attentive to that. Mm. Um, I think we reject what nature has to say to us, uh, to our parable. Mm. Um, now up from nature and beauty, he, he goes on up to specifically books and he says, uh, great books and more old books than new and a broad array of books. Mm. Now you and I are both readers. We, mm-hmm. we both enjoy reading. And so we, we kind of, we can get on board with this. Yes. What would you say to somebody who's, he was reading through this and they're like, man, I'm just not a reader. Mm. Yeah, I, I would say, and that, that, that's been me. I, I will tell people all the time, like, maybe I shouldn't say this on a recorded podcast, but like, I'm not sure I read a full book in high school. Mm. Um, it was like, let me get a, enough by to like make a good, a reasonable grade in English class. Nice. Um, that was not something I, I liked. So the, 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 the only book that I read in yeah. high school was Metamorphosis. Hmm. Do you remember that book? I don't know that one. Um, uh, what's his name? Franz Kafka, maybe? Okay. It's the, the guy who wakes up as a roach, and it was just so weird. I couldn't hmm. stop reading it. You just kept it, kept so, going. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Well, I, I, the Lord then saved me my, my sophomore year of, of college and kind of had started working on me my freshman year, 
And I, I slowly came to recognize, how am I getting any knowledge unless I'm, unless I'm reading? Um, my, my thoughts are shaped by you know, the people I'm around and the information I'm intaking. So we're intaking information all the time as we're driving, as we're you know looking at the billboards, and then we're you know we see a Coke billboard, and then it's like, oh yeah, I want a Coke. Like let me go buy a Coke. Or um, we're we're just intaking information all the time. Books help us uh, shape our thinking in terms of of pursuing what is actually true. People who have spent time thinking, contemplating, uh, dwelling upon important ideas, uh, maybe difficult ideas, and they've thought through it, and then we can ingest, read um, the wisdom that they have and and let our let our thinking be be shaped by that. But it's kind of like where where what are you learning unless you are reading? Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna be learning something something from the world. You're probably gonna be reading the top line of this more or the t- next two lines more, the internet and Twitter mm-hmm. and that is unfiltered many times requires little to no thought. Um, there's no check on it. It's just you just get to post anything. Books, especially the great books of old, they're they're just timeless. They're it's, they've been tested it's, by centuries. Yes, yeah. it's amazing to read. You know, preachers from the 18th century, 19th century, wrestling through really a lot of the same ideas that we wrestle through now, or a reading as C.S. Lewis talking about kind of the technological innovation and how it's you know hurting. Yeah. Uh, and this is written in like 1930s, so it's like we're 100 years later, and it's like, was there technology in 1930? Like, I don't know. Um, the internet wasn't there, so there must not really have been technology. Uh, but but just reading people people of old, reading these books, helping help letting them shape shape our thinking. Yeah, I mean, I, re- I remember reading this um, Augustine Saint Augustine book called On Christian Teaching. Um, and he, I mean, he talks about the role of a preacher. It's mm-hmm. like kind of wrestling through, like, what's what is preaching? What is a, what is a preacher doing? Um, and then he's got this one section that's been really helpful for me, where he talks about, like, how do I discern, um, uh, like, how do I prioritize social issues? Mm. Um, and he talks about in that book this this idea of moral proximity, and like, you know, you have a certain obligation to people who are uh, closer to you physically, you know, to, to care for them. Mm. Um, anyway, so like wrestling through social justice, we might even say. Um, Saint Augustine speaks to that. Uh, so there's there's wisdom from the books of old, and um, and again, I think nothing. There's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Um, like I continually hear people kind of complaining about 2020 and 2020 is like the craziest year ever, and um, maybe the election is the craziest election ever. And I'm just not super convinced by that. Yeah. Um, and maybe I am cynical towards that idea because I'm just thinking there's been thousands and thousands of years of history um there's been dozens and dozens of you know presidential elections maybe there hadn't been a a pandemic but then there has been tons of pandemics plagues all throughout history Hmm. um we just maybe haven't experienced them quite in the same way so you know rather than kind of always negatively thinking but letting um even letting people of the past like i remember at the beginning of kind of coronavirus stuff is is going and reading luther and uh, martin luther um, in the 1500s and how he dealt with with plagues and um, caring for people and shepherding and pastoring in the midst of that that time that's just ho- super helpful as well yeah right on all right so up from up from books is internet and we can maybe uh, lump these last two together Inter- mm. internet and then social media here on the internet 
section of the pyramid, he says, Google and Wikipedia only as needed. Um, every, you know, high school teacher and college professor, you know, heartily amen, amen. amends that. Yeah. Uh, focus on trusted sources and then prioritize content rec- recommended by wise people. That's the thing about the internet is there's just so much content. It is insane uh, how much content is available to us. And um, it, it's just a quagmire and it's like so right. hard to, so hard to know what's good uh, and, and what's bad. So, um, I mean, for that reason alone, we just need to be very, very, very cautious to sort of, to, to build our um, pursuit of wisdom off of the internet. Mm. Um, and then up from that is social media. Mm. He says, "Used to uh, uh, learn to use social media sparingly, learn to live without it. Too much is bad for your overall health. Um, yeah, I, I just think social media is probably, um, I've, I've gotten pushback for this, for, for speaking this forthrightly about social media, but it's it's probably um, one of the most unhelpful places uh, to go to think about issues that require nuance, wisdom, and maturity. Mm. Would you agree with that? I, I think I would, um, just because of um, conversation, uh, just no, no matter what, conversations that happen across the table at Panera or wherever you are or in a home seem 100% different than conversations that happen on yeah. the internet yeah. um, m- most often. Yeah. Um, and so there, there's just something um, that that the internet, that social media you're just behind something that that just isn't helpful. I don't know last I don't I don't know the last time I posted something on social media mostly just in like I just want to interact with people I want to talk with people I want to care about the people kind of the the moral proximity those people that are around me um those are the people I'm invested in talking with you know this morning I sat down with a couple guys and we talked through uh Hebrews chapter three for an hour and it's like that that's what I want to be doing um and I think that that is more helpful for my heart hopefully their heart and our thoughts and then social media um it's just it's crazy how we can be so shaped psychologically to um, we sit in certain places. We lay down in bed at night. We um, we get a little bored in the in the group gathering, and it's like, bam, mm. you know, mm. phone comes out, thumb starts doing the same thing that it does every time. Like it's just auto. It's set on autopilot. You know, the scrolling. You know, we're just scrolling. We're scrolling. We're scrolling. Um, it's almost more of a cover um, for for many other things than necessarily the most beneficial. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and there's certainly benefits to social media. I mean, Correct. I, I, like the wisdom pyramid. I know about this because of social media. Yes. Right. Or a lot of the, the great books that I've read. And this that have been this article to. was, you know, posted all over social media for us to yeah. know that it exists yeah. so we could talk about it. So, so there are useful elements to it. But, you know, I, I think about um, a Piper quote that I read a couple of years ago. One of the great tools or one of the great benefits of social media is that at the end of the days, it will be proof um, God's proof for us that we, we were, we were not, uh, sloppy in prayer because of a lack of time. Mm. It's like, wow, it's a pretty good word. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. we, we, we hope that, uh, we hope this is helpful. Uh, we hope that TCGS becomes a wise church. We devote ourselves to good things, to true things, to beautiful things. Uh, we learn how to go about developing a healthy diet for becoming wise people. May we be, uh, devoted to our Bibles, uh, devoted to one another in the church, um, and, and, and may God bless our pursuit of wisdom. So, Aaron, thanks for hopping on. I'm sure we could talk a lot more about each of these, but hopefully that was a helpful primer for the folks listening. Yeah, that's really good. Thanks for letting me come on. All right, we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.